All right, guys, welcome. I'm glad that you're here. If you're someone who is seeking uncommon results, this podcast is for you. Success, happiness, and wisdom. What do these words mean to you? I think we can all agree that we'll probably all have slightly different definitions of each. In these podcasts, I get to dive deeply into conversations with some amazing innovators, influencers, and trendsetters that have had different versions of how they define the terms, yet have come out on the other side with amazing, uncommon results. At some point in their lives, they have decided to unshackle themselves from the norm and go beyond all boundaries. Well, again, welcome to Beyond All Boundaries. Um, I got a great guest today, uh, Danny Johnson. Uh, Danny, thanks for being here. Um, Really appreciate that you're taking the time to be here. Um, Danny is the host of a popular Flipping Junkie podcast. He also has a blog. Um, He's also created a couple different um, softwares, uh, Flip Pilot and uh, Lead Deal Management Pipeline Software. And Danny's, uh, I love the, I love the, the junkie part of the podcast, right? So if you're addicted to real estate, right, that's what you want to tune into and listen to. So Danny, again, thanks for being here and uh, welcome. Awesome. Thanks, John. I'm glad that you uh, asked me to be on the show. So why don't you um, do a little better job of uh, introduc- introducing, you know, kind of your, your, um, your, you know, your software and, and your, and your um, podcast, because I think it'd be, people could get a lot of value from that as well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you want, I could share my story and to, to get it because I didn't have it. I wasn't, you know, always planning to be in business, be an entrepreneur. It just kind of happened. So you want me to share the story for? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. All right. Well, I, you know, I grew up uh, San Antonio, Texas. My father, you know, a lot of when I was young would, would try different things. He was an entrepreneur. He would, he wasn't succeeding in any of them. <laughs> Like we, we had to move every year. I think I went to a different elementary school every year of my elementary school. Um, and, uh, you know, we moved a lot. We were, you know, renting, weren't really, but he kept trying. That was just in him, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, he didn't have an education. So it was, it was kind of, you know, hard for him to, to, so if, I don't know, it was interesting. And maybe that's where I, I got that spark from that, that desire to be that way. But I was thinking, man, I don't want to, live a life that's so up in the air like that and, and concerned about money all the time, how the money seemed to be always the problem. Right. And so I, I like, whatever I'm, I can do, I'm getting to college, I'm getting a degree, I'm having a stable life. Right. So I went for a computer science degree, which right, you know, that I graduated college in 2000, right. As the big bubble, you know, for internet, you know, the big internet boom, you know, all that stuff that was going on, all the startups, it was an exciting time. And so I was all about software and, and, uh, and doing that. But as soon as I got out of college, you know, I went and, and I was working at a uh, defense contractor here in San Antonio. And I was working in this room that was like a vault. I needed a secret clearance. And, uh, you know, I was thinking super exciting stuff, right? What is this crazy stuff? I'm going to be like programming for missiles and stuff. But it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was very <laughs> boring work, really. And in a room with no windows, all artificial light. And, and uh, I worked with great people, but, you know, one, one example of what I was experiencing there is, you know, they were listening to the Proclaimers. You remember that, that song, I Would Walk 5,000 Miles? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I liked that song at first, but after the 2,000th time of hearing that, you know, <laughs> playing on loop, that whole CD on loop, I just lost my mind and I couldn't stand it anymore. But um, 
But during that time and, and having that CD and that song drive me nuts. At the same time, my father was actually getting into to real estate investing. He was starting to buy houses. And, uh, you know, when I was young, one of the things that my dad did for a time was he was a contractor, actually for a long time. This is one of the things he did for a longer time than most other things. And that was as a contractor. And, and part of that time, he was a contractor for a real estate investor. So a guy flipping houses and investing in real estate. And so, you know, when we got older, uh, he had gone to one of the guys he was working for and said, hey, do you mind teaching me how you do what you do? And he did, you know, and, and uh, kind of gave back, you know, and it helped my father do that. And so my father was, was all of a sudden finding success where he hadn't found it so much before in his life. And he just was loving it and having a blast telling me about all these deals he was doing. And it just sounded so exciting because it was like, I get to drive across town. I look at this house and I made this offer and the lady laughed in my face, but I didn't care, you know, and because I got the next one and all this kind of stuff, you know, it just seemed like so much fun. And, and I was thinking, man, I want to do that same thing. I don't want to be sitting in this office. I, I want to be out there and living life and, you know, just like calling the shots and, and not having it just be something where I'm going and trading, trading all of my time for money. Right. And, right. and right. hoping that I get a raise every year and trying to, to do all those things, you know, it was just like more of, I want to be able to, to just, you know, be on my own and see, see what I can do. Um, and so I started trying to do that as well and got into the business. Right. And so um, he didn't show me the step-by-step. -step. It was more of you go learn what you can, you get a course, you do whatever. And when you have questions, you ask me, but don't ask me to, to kind of tell you the step-by-step. Step. He's not going to tell me what to do or, or hold my hand or, or do the deals for me, which is great because I don't know that I would have done it right. had he done that for me. And uh, so we got in the business. I was part-time for three years um, because I was so scared to death of losing that, that secure monthly paycheck. Yeah. But I was losing money. You know, yeah. we just talked about opportunity cost when I interviewed you on, on the Flipping Junkie podcast. And, uh, but I was losing money by still being at this job because I wasn't doing as many deals as I could have done. One of those deals, actually probably about two of them, cause I was a software developer, but, but two of them, you know, were typically paying as much as what I was making all year. That's something. Yeah. You know, and we were, we were doing, I think maybe eight to 10 or, or 12 at that point, even, you know, per year of the houses. And so, um, luckily I was being kind of a slacker at work and they'd let me go. That was what I needed. They let me go. So I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Finally, I, I don't have to, you know, they let me go. So there's no choice here. And uh, you know, my manager was telling me, but I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to keep you on. And I said, don't, please don't. Like, I appreciate that, but don't. So did you already have your mind made up Danny kind of at that point in time that you, you wanted the out, you were just kind of waiting for the, you know, I guess the green light. So to speak. Yeah. And, that, and you know, at the time, I don't know that I really understood what was going on, but I think it's based on how I grew up, right? Where, where I saw, you know, this, this, uh, you know, where it wasn't a steady paycheck, you know, an education, the, the, the usual way we're taught to have security in life, right? Um, that progression. And so I think there was a lot of that going on subconsciously, right? And, um, and so I needed that to happen and, and to, to let go of the fear that it was all going to blow up on me if I did. And, uh, and thankfully it didn't, you know, but I, I, I appreciate that it was part-time for a long time though, because when I went full-time, I kind of didn't know what to do with myself with all the time I had. Interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, I had learned to, to be able to, to do things, 
with the smaller amount of time. So I got efficient, right? I did the 80-20 thing where 20% of what I was doing was producing 80% of the results. Right. So when I started doing the other 80%, I was like, oh man, this is like a lot of work for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for, for, you know, not much results. So it was cool because it taught me that, right? Like it taught me how, and then I could, I could use that time to, uh, to, to find other things that are efficient that I could do. Um, but after getting that going and being successful in, in the house business for a while, uh, you know, I, I wanted, I, I had been developing software for myself to help keep track of all the leads and things that I was doing in my business and even had built up a website and was, was getting most of my leads through that. And, uh, you know, from, I was buying directly from motivated sellers. So I was doing marketing, the We Buy Houses you know, variety of marketing uh, directly to people looking to sell a house you know, the unconventional way. They just wanted to get cash and be out of it. They didn't right. want to list with an agent and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, um, and so I was doing great, you know, and, and we went on vacation. We had a three week vacation where we drove, the family drove from San Diego up to San, um, up to Portland and Seattle. And in that trip, I went, we went to a, an air and space museum in McMinnville, Oregon. And they had the Spruce Goose, which is the, the big flying boat that Howard Hughes built way back in World War II. This giant beast of a, of a flying, you know, of an airplane, you know, but it was made of wood because of the, the metal shortage for the war. And so they had it there. And, and while I was there, I told my, my then wife that, you know, when I get back to Texas, I'm going to get my pilot's license. I'm going to, to go and do that. And so I did what I said, I got back and I started taking lessons, but it overtook me. Like that was all I could think about. Like I was just like all about flying, you know? So my business, I wasn't so much of a business person, (laughs) you know, I didn't have the educate, the education for business background. It was still just really me and and my my then wife doing everything, right? We had contractors that did the fix up. We had an agent that sold the properties, but we still had to do all the marketing the going to appointments to make offers on houses, put them under contract, all that kind of stuff. And so while I'm spending several months getting my pilot's license, the business is starting to suffer because what I found was the marketing that I was doing, uh, the results that I was seeing on a day-to-day basis of leads coming in, things like that, were the results of what I'd done maybe about three months before. Oh, okay. Typically, like on average, right. you know, that's kind the of moment, how it momentum, out. right? Like the momentum of... Yeah. You know, yeah, it compounds, right? Your marketing right. compounds everything. And it kind of still, even if you stop, it'll still keep going for a while. And that's what was right. happening. I was thinking, well, it's, it's still good. I'm still getting leads and everything. But after the three months and I got my license, I found I didn't have much, much happening and I needed to get back going and I needed motivation. So um, I apologize if this is too long of an answer. No, this is great. No, but this is, this is like, this is a, this is great stuff because it's, if you think about it, right? Like, I think your story is so interesting because a lot of times, right? People want to have that entrepreneur mindset or they, they want to do that, but they just won't let themselves go of the, the consistent, you know, the security. Right. And so I think, you know, for a lot of viewers out there, I mean, I can't tell you how many people, you know, would like to do something, but they just, they can't get over that, that security. Right. And so I, it, no, this is great. So keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Do it part time for a long time and keep the security okay. while you, while you get to the place where you feel 
to where you can get fired at least, right? Um, <laughs> you don't have to quit and make that decision like I didn't have to. But so I needed to get the business going, and I, I kind of, you know, I needed a way to to be held accountable, to be motivated. But I also knew that I wanted to promote software eventually. And so I was thinking, well, I could have all this stuff work together. I could help people, but also build up this, uh, you know, uh, authority in the industry so that the, the software, you know, I have some authority whenever I release the software. And so I started the Flipping Junkie blog. And, um, you know, what I did was I was looking at what other blogs out there were doing. And basically you had two camps. You had the one camp that was kind of saying, here's the house I'm fixing up, sort of like the HGTV fix, fix and flip. Fix kind and of flip. Stuff. Yeah. They're just basically showing you what they're doing to the house, right? That you don't know right. anything about how you got the deal, what the numbers are. Sometimes you do, but it's just basic. Right. Um, and you don't know the rest of the business, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's all about the, the before and after and that's it. The other side, the other camp was people showing you the, the, the steps one, two, three to kind of doing it, but we're never showing they're actually doing the deals. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, this, none of this is, is really helpful for somebody that, that wants to see, well, if I do one, two, three, what's going to happen? You know, or what does it take to do this one, two, three? And what, what's the result? How does it actually play out? And right. so what I did was I said, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to document, right? Because this is going to hold me accountable. I'm now telling people I'm doing this. Come and watch me do this. And I had to do it, right? So it helped me motivate me to really get back and get things cranking again. And so I showed everybody for 34 whole weeks. I showed every single week. Here's what marketing I did, the exact marketing that I did. I even went so far as to document every call that I got and said they wanted to sell because of this. They were asking this much. They owed this much. This is what it was worth. This is how I figured out how it was worth that much. And I either went to see it or I didn't. And here's why I didn't go to see it, because there was no way for me to make a deal out of it. And the ones I did go to see, I would document that and say, yeah, you know, I needed this much repairs. And so I made an offer of this. And uh, so over that 34 weeks, I, I documented basically the generating of over 400 motivated seller leads. I think it was over 500 actually. Wow. And that, and that you did that in the podcast and blog? Both no, no, them? just on the blog. So just on the blog? Yeah. Okay. okay. Wow. And so it's written out. It's still, it's still on there. It's kind of, kind of buried. I'm actually revamping flipping junkie right now. So hopefully within a week or two, it'll be a new one, but um, yeah, all those posts are on there. The deals that I did, I showed before and after pictures. I showed what my scope of work to do the fix up was. So you basically get to see what it's actually like in the life of, and that, that gained a lot of traction. A lot of people appreciated seeing that. And the, the big takeaway there was how much of a numbers game it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, you know, when I was getting started in this business, even myself, that first deal was really hard to do. It was hard to find that first deal, but I also had incorrect expectations. I would, I would find a couple houses that needed work and I would make an offer and I wouldn't get them accepted. And after five of those, I felt so dejected. I was like, I'll never get a deal. Yeah. I only made five freaking offers. Like, what, you know, what, what the heck makes me think that, you know, if it was that easy, you know, everybody, there'd be, everybody would be doing it. Right. Like it right. was impossible to be able to get in. Right. And, uh, and so I think showing that because, and, and this is actually nowadays, like this was even a horrible, horrible ratio, but out of that 500 leads, I only did 11 deals that I showed. Wow. Which is horrible. I mean, that's greatly improved over the years, 
but it at least showed people that you're going to go through a lot of leads to get the right. deals. Don't give up after not getting one after five leads. Right. And I think, you know, you mentioned something too, that's important is that, you know, a lot of times we have these expectations of like, to your point, like five deals. And I'm, you know, this is, I should just, this is not for me. Right. Like it, it, when you look at somebody that's accomplished what you've accomplished, I mean, it, it is, it's constant. It's, it's the perseverance and it's just, I mean, 500 leads to get 11 deals, right? That's going to take time, energy, and effort and persistency and efficiency, right? And so like, even though like you've probably stepped up your ratios, right? But still what you've learned for those, you know, 490 failures or 489 failures, right? Makes you more efficient. And I don't think people, you know, so I don't think people recognize that a lot of times. I mean, we, we, I think we all like say we recognize it. Like we all like talk about it, but when you're in it, it it's what you're telling. You're, it's that self-talk, right? Or the, or the stories that we tell ourselves when we're actually in the grind, like this is crazy. <laughs> Which is kind of left out most of the time, right? When you're hearing it yeah. from somebody else, the success, you're not hearing that battle that happened. Right. And exactly. so when you have your own battle, you're like, what the hell? You know, you, it's not an understood thing that almost everybody that did it, probably everybody that did it, had those battles. Yeah. To you just didn't hear about them. And still are having those battles, yeah, right? I mean, it's, sure. it's, a, it's an ever-growing, stretching. I mean, you can't be in your comfort zone and be successful, in my opinion, right? It is a, I mean, you got to live outside that comfort zone and just live uncomfortably, like, yeah. forever. And it sucks, right? Yeah. But that's the only way that you grow and you and you get to those results that you've achieved. So when did you start the um, podcast part of it? So you were blogging all this out, right? And you were, and then what kind of transpired to say, you know what, I'm going to start doing a podcast around this. Yeah, I want to say real quick, though, before I, I answer that, uh, it just remind me of, uh, you ever listen to Jim Rohn? Yes, I have. Incredible. Anybody out there listening has never listened to Jim Rohn, get the audios of, of him. But he, he would always say, don't become a millionaire for the money. Right. Become a millionaire for the person it, you have to become oh, to be right. Yep. And that there's can do so money. much in that. Well, there is. And, and we can, we can make money doing anything. Right. And what are you really trying to accomplish or what is it? What is your, like, I kind of come, come back to the Simon Sinek, the why part, right? Like, I think mm. that really is critical around our why and you know, why, why do we really do the things that we do? And I think a lot of times people, you know, just kind of go through the motions and do things just because it's, it's, it's part of life. But when you can really stretch yourself and really dig deep and spend time identifying your why, right. Personal and in business, it, it can really take you to leaps and bounds of what you've never thought possible. It's a challenge. So it's painstaking, right. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not an easy exercise at all. Yeah. You especially know? if there's a lot of doubt, you know, about, you know, because then you question whether your why is really your why, but it's other reasons that are in there. But that's what I think this is all about, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the growth and why it's painful and why it's hard is because it's challenging you to overcome the crap you got inside of you, mm -hmm. you know, from whatever, you know, and I don't know, that's, I, I've been through a lot in the last couple of years with a divorce and all that kind of stuff. So I've a lot of, a lot of introspection and it's helped me right. grow tremendously. I'm actually very grateful for it. You know, at first I, I wasn't, wasn't happy at all about it, but right. you know, this, this led to, to a lot of clarity and, and basically awakening of, 
you know, how I'm operating, how I'm living my life and, and shines a lot of light on why the successes happened early on for me. And a lot of that was just seeing that, you know, having the why and then going through those things and, and being scared to do all those things. Cause I'm, I was mostly an introvert and like getting out there and, you know, having people call me to, to make an offer on their house scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know crap about real estate. I didn't know, like, I was afraid to death. They were going to ask me something. I looked like an idiot, you know, but I still did it. And I did look like an idiot for the first couple calls and first couple yeah. appointments, but <laughs> You know, I learned from those and I knew, okay, well, that was painfully awkward. So next time I'm going to have the answer. Right. So, right. You're going to learn. You're not going to, you're not going to not know. It's not going to happen twice. Right. 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 So if we can get back, back past all those things, we can, we can really, you know, that's how, how we find the success. But, um, but for, as far as the podcast goes, you know, that was, um, you know, I'd been blogging for a while. I'd done 34 weeks. I'd been doing the post. And, you know, honestly, I was burned out of the, the writing the posts, you yeah. know, I kind of was running out of ideas and, um, you know, the podcast thing really intrigued me. It scared me getting out there. The first episodes that I did, I'm, I'm, if you go back and listen to them, like I'm, you can tell I'm nervous. I'm super right. nervous most of the entire time. Um, but again, it was another growth thing and there was a calling in me to do it. Yeah. And so even though I was scared, I still wanted to, and I was going to go ahead and just put up with you know, being nervous and, and all that kind of stuff and just and moving through it. And, and uh, you know, it, it just became a thing that I loved so much because interviewing people like you, you know, it gave me that opportunity to be able to do that, you know, to, to be able to talk with you and, you know, and, and other people where a lot of times it would be something where I would pay you $500 to spend an hour with you. Right. You know, but here I am getting to, to interview and ask questions I want to ask, you know, for free, you right. know, and, and you're wanting to do it, you know, right. and that's incredible. Right. Um, so that's, that's been a lot of fun. There's some kind of some selfish reasons in there, but it's a benefit for everybody because it goes on to the podcast and, and other people get to hear that. So um, it was really just a way to keep uh, putting content out uh, to help promote software and, uh, and to help people out. Um and changing mediums. That's why I started the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so tell me about a little bit about, you know, I mean, obviously being a, a software computer programmer, right? So the software was probably just second nature, but you saw some things that were happening and occurring. And so um, maybe just high level, you know, kind of give an idea of, you know, if people are wanting to get into the fix and flip in, in real estate, kind of just maybe high level or whatever you want to share with what that software can allow them to do or and kind of yeah. how that benefits, you know, your audience and the people that you're coaching and training as well, Danny. Yeah, for sure. So the, the first thing is the websites, right? Lead propeller websites, the real estate investor websites. I had, you know, developed mine and built mine myself. You know, I learned SEO. I spent well over a year ranking my site and doing all that work. Well, wow. uh, the ins and outs, it fascinated me. So it didn't feel like work. I, I really, did enjoy learning. Some of it was frustrating, but, but most of it was, was fun learning about all that stuff. But in the, the 34 weeks of posts where I was posting about, I was showing where all the leads were coming from. Right. And so it didn't take a genius to see, Hey, most of his stuff comes from his website. Right. And they tend to be really good leads because the people already are aware of their problem and they're looking actively for somebody to solve it. Right. Whereas where the other marketing, a lot of people are doing is like direct mail, you're, you're, 
you're spraying and hoping that it hits some people that might want your service. And so it's a, it's an inbound outbound sort of thing. Inbound being a website because they're already looking for you. They find you. Um, obviously you can use the website on outbound marketing, but it was how I was getting most of my leads and people were asking me, Hey, I want a website too. Where can I get one? Right. And I was thinking at the time, well, I don't have time. I'm sorry, but I, I can't like build your website for you. And you know, my, my time is, was worth more. I can't do that. And I don't have a team or anybody that can build this for you. Uh, but I was having a conversation with my friend, Brandon Turner for bigger pockets. And, and he was saying, man, why doesn't anybody do that though? Why doesn't anybody have websites that they offer? And, you know, it could be something like where, cause this is before a lot of the Squarespace and the Wix and all that stuff. Okay. You know, couldn't you build it in a way that had templates and stuff like that? And I said, oh man, yeah, I could. I could probably do that really quick. And so I spent two months building it out. I built out an editor and, um, and building out the first ones and the templates based on what I had already learned and doing it myself and made it to where people, cause I wanted it where people could sign up and have their website personalized, have all the content there, have their personal information spread throughout of it and, uh, and be able to change things that they want to change through an editor. And that way I could still go about my, my daily flipping and all that kind of stuff. And they could have a website that they could change and I wouldn't have to, you know, have to manually do stuff if somebody wanted something done. So it was a way to do it, right? To help people, but then also, you know, make money, obviously, and, and all that kind of stuff. So we built those out and, uh, you know, has just things in there, like, like the text messages that, that we send out as soon as you get a lead, because with, uh, with, it's, it's probably the same with most sales. If you're the first person to talk to that person, a lot of times, if they're talking, trying to reach out to most multiple people, that first person that has a conversation has a much higher chance of getting the deal. Mm. Right. So you have to know as soon as somebody did something on your website, you got to know about it. So you can talk to that person right away right? before they go to the next website and the next one, the next one. And so we, we've built out things to, to make that happen and uh, some, some innovations for that. And that's called, and that's called flip flop or flip. flip no, that, that's uh, that's lead propeller. Lead propeller. Okay. Yeah. So lead propeller and then, and then flip pilot. Flip pilot. So that's what, once you get those leads, yeah. what do you do with them? Right. Where do you put them? Right. Uh, because after you, especially some of the, the terrible inefficiencies that I was talking about with of getting 500 leads, but doing 11 deals. Yeah. I'm not complaining. I mean, I'm complaining a little bit because I know better now, but um, <laughs> like those 11 deals, you know, some of those were where I didn't even fix the house up and I just sold the contract to another or sold the house without fixing up to another investor for like 50 grand. I mean, there was, Tony money made from all those deals. Right. But um, the problem, what was missing then is I was just worried about getting more and more leads. Mm-hmm. But what I wasn't doing was seeing how valuable those existing leads where they told me no from my offer still were. Because yeah. what I found and what a lot of the other real estate investors will tell you that are doing a lot of deals, you know, as many as like 60, 70% of the deals coming from follow-up not that initial contact, initial offer, it's, it's following up with them. And so when you're getting that many leads, you got to have something that's going to do that for you because you're not going to keep up with it. It's just too much. And so that's basically what flip pilot is. The leads will come in automatically and you can see, um, you ever use Trello or pipe drive? Yeah, we use Trello. Yep. For sure. It's an awesome card system where you got the lead. It's in the status right now. You drag into the next one. All this automations can happen. 
and uh, basically can do all the, the follow-up for you on autopilot if you didn't get the deal right away. And uh, if they respond to the follow-ups and, and are interested in talking again, and then it becomes an active thing for you to look at. Mm-hmm. But until then, it's just out of, out of mind and it's just happening. So do you spend more of your time right now with, I mean, you created this software, a couple of softwares, right? And again, that's, it's flip pilot and then lead deal management pipeline software. Um, are you still, how many deals are you doing on the flipping, the flipping part? And the flipping side. So that's something I just started up again, because I actually did step away from the actively doing it for a couple years, actually probably four years, maybe uh, because I had built up a team for that. Mm-hmm. And my ex-wife had started running that, that flipping team. And I became focused just on the software. Software, yeah. Um, and, you know, went through a divorce and I was looking at where most of our wealth was. <laughs> and it was in some of, you know, the rentals and the notes, the real right. estate notes and things that we had done. And I was like, why did we stop doing that? You know, and we did it for a long period, especially around 2008 to 2012, when it was, you know, the real estate market is pretty soft. You know, we did a lot of those kinds of things. And so I was like, man, I want to start doing this again. And I had lunch with my mentor in the house flipping business. And he asked me, so with all this going on, are you going to start doing the house stuff again? And I hadn't really thought about it much, Yeah. but it just, something inside of me was like screaming for it. Just like, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun, you know? And, you know, with the, and I found that I got into a place of, of, of making assumptions about people wanting the software because mm-hmm. I wasn't actively dealing with the day-to-day minutia of it. Like the, and so in me getting back into this business, uh, the, the house buying business and the real estate investing uh, moments like where I got a call and I had to say, okay, well, that's, there's no way that's a deal. It's a lead in my system though. So I need to log in and I need to, you know, market as, you know, spam or something or not a lead or, or whatever. I wish I could have just gotten a notification on my phone and checked what it was. Right. So I wouldn't have to log like things like that, that you don't realize unless you're doing it. Right. Right. And so we've made all kinds of improvements based on that as I've gotten back into it. But to answer your question, I, I just finished up one that I rented out and uh, I've got two that we're working on right now that I'm going to flip. Um, one of them, I'm looking, there's a spread of about 100K that's possible in this one to wow. make. Um, typically, it doesn't work out that way. You know, right. I'm hoping at least somewhere between about you know, 60, 80 but I could make that much if it sells for as much as I think it might. And then uh, we got another one probably going to be about like 50, 60 K in that one. So if someone wanted to get into uh, fix and flips, right, what would be the one thing that you would give advice to or counsel on? Um, And there's probably many, right. But like one thing, one nugget of advice would be for somebody that's kind of, you know, trying to get into the fix and flip market or just trying to get into real estate in general, what would you, what would be your coaching to anybody wanting to start that out? One thing, huh? Yeah. Right. I know I made it tough, didn't I? <laughs> we can get more than one if you want. Yeah. Well, I think the big thing that, um, that I've, I've been, you know, as I talked about becoming like awakening and being a little bit more aware um, these days, a little bit more mature in, in business and in, in you know, personal life, but um, I think a lot of the things is the stuff that we tell ourselves. It's what we talked about before. It's like this, this head game stuff, like the, the assumptions that we can make. And I think that keeps so many people from, from finding success because they, they convince themselves out of it before they ever have a chance to. 
And so some of the common things that I hear from people are, my market's too competitive. You know, my market's overpriced. Right. Um, there's no deals here. Um, you know, this is all garbage. There's a deal everywhere. I don't care where it is. Some markets much more difficult like California where the price of the property is so high. Right. right. Um, New York, but that's not the, that's the exception, right? There's only so many right. places that are like that. All the rest of the areas, um, there's definitely ways to do it. And, and so I think it's not convincing yourself out of it because and seeing and understanding that that's, that could be more of your fears controlling you and keeping you in your comfort zone more than the reality of what's actually happening. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause you can, you can take the education, but if you're going to, if your fear is going to keep you from actually implementing it, what good is any of it? Right. If you, yeah. If you just stay on the sidelines, I mean, you gotta, you gotta play full out, don't you? I mean, you gotta just take the good with the bad, but if you just continue to play full out, things will happen eventually. Right. So, well, great, man. Well, Hey, I really appreciate you being on today. Yeah. Um, if people want to get hold of you, and listen to you on your podcast. Why don't you uh, give the name of the podcast again, Danny, so everybody can uh, listen in and, and reach out to you too. Sure. Yeah. It's the Flipping Junkie Podcast. And that's uh, Junkie is J U N K I E. For those addicted to real estate, it's not, I, I wasn't a junkie or anything. <laughs> you know, I'm not judging anybody, but um, yeah, just really super excited and addicted to real estate investing and the potential with that. And if anybody wants to reach out to me, typically um, in the Flipping Junkie Facebook group. So just look up Flipping Junkie group on Facebook. And, uh, find me there. Awesome, man. Well, again, I really appreciate you being on and um, enjoy the time together. So thanks a lot.